This is All Clear, the Firefighter Health and Wellness Podcast. I am Travis, and over there is my co-host, Eric. And uh, we have a special guest today, Eric. Can you guess who we have with us? I would guess seeing he is in your setting, <laughs> he belongs to you. Uh, yes, he Or yes, you he... belong to him. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. Something like that. No. Long story, mama. Well, I, I, got my, <laughs> I got my dad with me today, Ed McGaha. Um, my dad is uh, our very first guest, and he is a great guest for a very good reason. Um, so I'm not going to tell his whole story, um, but we have chatted a little bit before we started recording today. Um, so uh, take it away, Dad. Why don't you tell us who you are? Well, my name is uh, Ed. I just go by Ed. I'm Travis's dad. And back in probably the mid-60s, we, uh, we worked for an ambulance service here in our county. And the, before the uh, funeral homes had it, and they wanted to get out of, the, out of it. So it picked up with a, uh, a personal uh, uh, people ran it. The people we worked for that bought the ambulance service uh, the man and his wife that we worked for it, and we lived we had the ambulance service at a house and uh, we actually lived there we worked we had like I was telling Eric we had a big crew just four of us for how big <laughs> how big of an area oh we just covered the whole county no yeah uh, just just a small little area just <laughs> all of cabarrus county oh cabarrus county <laughs> yeah bear in mind now the city of concord i think we're over a hundred thousand people and that's just one township one city yeah. yeah one city inside the county and this is a long time ago yeah well back then here in, in where we're at concord it was uh it's not as many people it was kind of and everybody's kind of laid back you know and it was a textile area and everybody knew each other, so I, they worked out good. But like I said, I when I started, uh, I just stopped by the office one day up there, and I just out of the wild blue just walked in and asked them, uh, yeah, "If you are you hiring?" And they said, "Yeah." I, I said, "He said, can you start now?" I said, "No, I can't start now." I said, "Maybe tomorrow." And he said, "Well, you come on, come on in tomorrow, and we'll give you uh, your training." I said, "Okay, <laughs> great." So I showed up next morning, went in there, and they basically showed me how to pick up a patient and you know put them on the stretcher so we could transport them. And I said, "Well, I, I can do that. Yeah, that's that's good." <laughs> and I, I said, "What else? Well, that's it right now." Says. Uh, about an hour later, I was on a call and didn't have a clue what was, what was going on. I kind of winged it a little bit, you know. And uh, and basically, before we could answer a call, if it was during the night or day, either one, we had no uh, way to, no GPS or anything trying to get to a, a certain place, house, or whatever. And we actually had a map on the wall downstairs. We, me and the other boy that worked together, we lived upstairs. But we had to go downstairs, get look at the map on the wall, and find out about where we were going. We had to get in the general area where we were going. And when we left, 
uh, like I tell you, we had we had no communications. We had no uh, radios and ambulances. When you drove out the driveway, you were on your own. And uh, so that's what I basically what, what we uh, started with. And and on the ambulance, uh, we carried our medical equipment was a couple boxes of four before uh, bandages. Uh, we had an ace bandage, and I think we might have had a little golf. That was it, you know. So basically, wow. all we done we picked up a uh, a, uh, a, pay, a especially a wreck. Basically, all we could do is you know uh, stop the bleeding, you know, as far as diagnosing, and uh, no, we couldn't do that, you know. Basically, we just uh, stopped bleeding and transport them. And that's basically the way it the way it ran for the first year before we got uh, radios and wow. like so, so that's basically it. So this brings up a very important question. I know you did not have an ambulance like we're used to seeing now, the box style. What were you driving? We were driving hearses. Yep. Uh, they 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 bought used hearses from uh, the funeral homes had. And they convert them into ambulances. They put the lights and the sirens and the two jump seats in. That was, that was basically it. And That's were, crazy. Yeah. We had a, oxygen tanks, you know, we had that. And that, that was it. I mean, that's, that's, all we could, that's all we had to uh, work with. Like I say, we mostly transported. So when you... You, you keep using the word transport over and over. You picked up people. Yeah, picked up people. Yeah. Were they always alive when you picked them up? No, no, not always. Uh, was mostly uh, the uh, deceased would pick them up at, at mostly at homes, you know, uh, older people. Or, so uh, occasionally we'd get some wrecks. There'd be some, you know, deceased in the, in the wrecks. But, you know, basically we just put a band-aid on them might well might as well say and, and, and take them to the transport them up to the hospital and Cabarrus up here it was about the main hospital we had a couple hospitals in uh, around but they didn't have uh, emergency room service after a certain time at night so Everything you picked up overnight, it had to come to up to uh, Cambarius. And on the night shift up there in the emergency room, usually there's one nurse. That was it. And I mean, but we were, you know, we didn't have that uh, not much to do, not that busy back then. It ain't like now we got 100 people sitting out there. So. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't think Eric knows this, but you, did you know mom in the emergency? My mother is a nurse. Did you know her in the emergency room at the time? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had to kind of fuss at me when I bring something in. Just... But uh, anyway, so yeah. that's a story for a different day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so. that That's pretty amazing. How old were you when you started your job? I was in my uh, early 20s, probably 20. Two, twenty-three, somewhere in that neighborhood. About the age that we get firefighters and and you know young EMTs when they go through training. Now that's about the age. Yeah. So yeah. that that hasn't changed very much. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 
I was in, in, in my 20s. Uh, like I said, I was there for a couple years. And later on, you know, things kind of improved. We uh, finally got radios. And like I'm telling you that the, but the communications that we had was only between the, when we were in the ambulance and the office. We, we, we had no contact with the hospital, no contact with nobody but who was there at the office. And like I said, we get, if we get out somewhere and need assistance, you know, the only body to be there would be me and my partner and the highway patrolman, and that was it. We, we had, like now, I know the fire department sends out uh, the medics, the fire uh, trucks, and all for any kind of a call. But we didn't. We didn't have that. We got there and we just had to do what it took. And once in a while, we'd kind of get in a bind. Uh, I know one time that me and my buddy we had a it's a house call, and like I said, you don't never know till you get there. And we 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 got there, and the uh, patient was in the they had a room set up in the basement for him, so we went down in the basement. And there was about over a 300-pound patient that he had deceased. And we had to figure out how to get him to the ambulance, even get him in it. Because me and him together didn't weigh, 100, weigh probably 200 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so we struggled with quite, finally got him in there. And he, he, he kind of he was so big that we had to take his arms and tie them uh, across his chest to keep him, you know, from cold. Couldn't get him like you should yeah. on, on the stretcher. But we finally worked it out and got him in there and got him transported. But, but mm. like I say, there's no help. You know, you know that, that's interesting, too, that you mentioned that, Dad. Um, you know, whenever I did my EMT training, um, they showed us the binder and the cards that they have in the ambulance, what to do if you have a you know, anaphylactic react, whatever, you know, there's, a, there's a card for it. And if there's no card, you get on the radio and you call for, you know, medical, uh, supervision. So obviously you didn't have that. No, we, we didn't have, no. Make it up as you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Make it up when you get to a call, you make a decision. And sometimes decisions were kind of difficult. Uh, I know we went to a, it was a, head-on collision it was correct and when we got there there were two patients one was in the in the car and he was unconscious we didn't you know we didn't extend of injuries and there's another lady in the other car kept saying well i'm pregnant i'm pregnant and uh so we we couldn't take both of them so we had to decide uh, uh which one we would transport and we took the, uh, the guy in the car because you know he, he, but we had the backup coming they'd call for another ambulance or, or the rescue squad and they came to within shortly after you know we got loaded and left but you know stuff like you know it just happens it's a lot different times oh yeah yeah I can't believe it that yeah that's amazing yeah i uh we need to spend more time 
outside of this podcast and uh i'll pick your brain <laughs> I, I just well, want yeah, to hear hard no won't be hard to do <laughs> I, I just want to hear stories i'm sure yeah. you got a ton of them uh but that that is absolutely amazing um getting getting into the job and what you see now compared to the way it was when you got in um if you could have had one piece of advice going into the job, what do you wish that had been? Have uh, more, uh, probably more training. Yeah. Yeah, you said when you stopped by that they, they were ready to hire you on the oh, spot yeah, and wanted yeah, you to work yeah, that day. That day, uh, that night, yeah, I put it off to the next day. You know, and nowadays, you know, just going through a – through an EMT class, it is several hundred hours just yeah. in itself. And, and then the ride along. Yeah. And then you get into the paramedic programs and you know, that's a two year program. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like I said, we, we had the certification, just a basic Red Cross certification, basically just first aid. That was it. Wow. No, no uh, training on to handle, you know, different situations like major, major uh, trauma uh, situations from a wreck, and a lot of the trauma that from wrecks and all, they uh, would get take transport them to Cabarrus, and come back then Cabarrus they couldn't handle something like that. So then we'd have to transport him from Cabarrus to Charlotte to uh, Memorial Hospital where they were more uh, whipped to handle, handle stuff like that. Wow. You know, Eric, I want to tell a story about my dad. Um, when I started my journey into the fire service and, and everywhere that I've wound up at over the last decade or so, um, you know, I had to get my EMT certification and I'd did it at the local community college and, you know, six months at night, you know, we, we, we passed the portion there, but I had to go take my state exam and uh, it was in Pinehurst, North Carolina at the community college there at Sand Hills community college where I was mm-hmm. going to take my exam. Well, my dad was the only person crazy enough to get up with me at like what, four o'clock in the morning. Oh, yes. I had to be over there by like six thirty, and you know, that's a good little jump from here. So he rode with me. And, you know, he, he was the calming effect to get me through one of the more stressful tests I've had to take in my career. And, That's uh, awesome. And, you know, when I when I was over, he looked at me and said, how do you think you did? I was like, no idea. Don't know if I did good or bad. I, it was very neutral. He's like, okay, let's go to Waffle House. And you know what? <laughs> it, it worked out, but I felt honored to have him with me when I was having to go through that. So, you know, uh, it, it it's a generational thing on a lot of levels. I think we see um, – how much we can learn from guys that have done the job, um, whether it be, you know, the paramedic side, the medical side, the fire side, whatever it is. And it's important to listen to the, not just the stories, but the wisdom that come from these guys. And yeah, I've learned tons from him and not just, you know, first responder related stuff, but I've learned a lot from him in life. And a lot of that goes back to the stuff that he, um, had applied during his career yeah. and i feel like i need to say that yeah and that yeah. that's pretty cool the having both of you that can 
they can share the information uh, of how it was compared to how it is today. And, you know, I reference a lot about generational gaps in the fire service. Um, And, you know, being able to listen to your dad and his his time in the service compared to things that that you see and do now on the job. Um, And it's like, wow, how'd you guys do (laughs) do this way back then? with only having four people cover the whole county, whatever else. Um, And being able to relate like that, I think that that's amazing. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, and we also, when we transported someone to the hospital, we had to ask them for the pay right then. Oh, wow. Yeah, we didn't walk up to them and say, well, you know, you owe such and such for the trip. Would you like to take care of it? And back then, I believe a to transport somebody within the city limits of here, I think it was like fifteen dollars, twenty dollars. <laughs> That's not even a copay now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, but uh, but if you went out in the county now, you got twenty five. So. No, big money. Yeah, big money. So but price so on the high. on the bean counter side of things, let's say somebody didn't pay. Uh, well, with that, they just have to come by the office. We just tell them give them a, a, a bail like, and they say, yeah. you know, when you just come by the office. And a lot of times, if the people were stressed, it was something serious. You know, we wouldn't ask for money. Yeah, we just, you know. So y'all, it, y'all did have a heart. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think it's funny. I think you've mentioned before that you had some like nowadays people have frequent flyers, people they see on a regular basis. Yeah. Did you? How, how did you guys handle the 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 reoccurring uh, patients? People. Well, I know uh, one lady we had. She was an elderly lady, and she lived by herself. And uh, she would call up to the station and say. Uh, I need to go to the hot to the emergency room, and we okay. So we'd go first time we'd go pick her up. I said, start getting. Oh, I don't need the stretcher. She crawled up in the front seat and sat between us, <laughs> and we drove her to the hospital. And a month or two later, we got caught. Well, I need to go to the emergency room. We were back. We went back down there, and she got up in the front seat, and we. Told her, took her to the emergency room, and uh, I think we might not even be older back then, cause you know it, it was cause she was the elder lady. And uh, I told when we got ready, they said, "Y'all boys, come back and get me." I said, "Yes, ma'am. We, we, we'll try if we ain't busy." And uh, I gave the nurse like five bucks. I said, "When she gets ready to leave, uh, get her a taxi." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know it's funny things like that haven't changed a whole lot there's still folks that call um for you know just human contact you know to yeah j- just somebody to talk to just reassurance and things like that and i know uh here in cabarrus county they, they have a program that um the ems department here has now where they have folks that they check on on a regular basis uh you know, sometimes it'll be a diabetic or different things like that. Just, you know, to number one, help them maintain their health and, and 
be cautious so they don't have an emergency, but also it gives them a certain level of human contact that maybe a lot of people don't have. So um, sometimes I think we undervalue um, how important uh, the job is, you know, just interacting and dealing with people. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Back then, uh, you know, like I said, a small town like we were, and the patients we'd take in, you know, we had time to, you know, spend some time with them and bond with them and help them to get through whatever it was they were trying to get through. And so it worked out. That is very true. And, you know, Dad, I really, you know, Mom and I had been talking a long time about how we need to record and put down for posterity your uh you know your experiences as as to what you've done because it is very valuable um not just to us and not just for a funny story here or there but um there is a lot that we can learn from our elders you know in in the in the service um whether it be a chief at the department now or you know it you know your dad who did something that you know it wasn't his career for the rest of his life but he did it long enough to have an understanding for how things go but uh, I, I do have a favor I have to ask of you. Now, go ahead. Okay. There is a story that I've always liked. Can you tell us about the time you had to transport the corpse? Oh, yeah. And it uh, made noise. Yeah, he talked to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was uh, one night, uh, I don't know, some two o'clock in the morning, sometime late. And it was when it was raining and foggy and just nasty outside. And uh, we had they had a wreck here in the county, and so we know what uh, the, the what situation was before we left the office. And we had a station wagon. It was an old Ford uh, station wagon. I, I back then, you know, they were the big honkers, uh, and we actually converted it into an ambulance. The station wagon. I mean, you can get the stretcher in. And that was about it. And uh, didn't have a petition between you and the patient. And and sometimes you, I had to slide the seat up a notch to the, uh, be able to get the patient in. But anyway, we went out there to the wreck. The man that the, had turned the car over, and I think the car might have rolled over him, but uh, he uh, he was deceased. And uh, the highway patrolman, the sheriff, ever who was there, you know, they helped uh, – load him I by myself we put him in the in the back and uh, i started up the road and uh, all of a sudden something bumped me in the back of the head and grunted <laughs> i said lord how uh, uh, it like been two doas i like <laughs> <laughs> did you have a radio you could call for help no i had no radio so I flipped the red lights on. I come through City Concord probably 100 miles an hour. <laughs> Did you ever find out if he was he properly secured or not tied down? Or? Yeah, uh, I had to put my brakes one time pretty hard when I was transporting. And I think then he slid up when he hit, bumped in back of me. And and I, my wife said that you build up air in your lungs, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just exhale. We chose to exhale when it hit me. And we both Ooh. exhale. You see, growing up, I would hear stories similar to that all the time. 
and I think we're going to have to do a special Patreon edition eventually where we uh, let him tell some unfiltered stories uh, that uh, maybe the general public aren't quite ready for. <laughs> a lot of them. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I just want to tell you, Dad, thanks for coming and hanging out and being our first real guest on the All Clear podcast. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. it it's, it's an honor, and I'm sure you'll be back. Uh, you live what a hundred yards from me so oh yeah so if we ever get in a bond we got instant yeah. uh instant fame here but Man. uh you know uh the the one takeaway i have uh, one thing that my dad has taught me over the years is you play you pay he's always told me that and it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways that you know if you don't take what you do seriously it's going to get you in trouble and then also sometimes you have to take a risk in order to do what you want to do so you know, that's kind of my takeaway from my dad, and I just wanted to share him with uh, with our listeners and uh, just see how awesome it is when you talk to some of the, the guys, the salty guys that have been around a while, and you can learn some uh, really cool stuff. I know I appreciate you being here tonight. That, yeah. that was phenomenal. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. I enjoyed it. Well, cool. Well, uh, you have been listening to the All Clear Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good evening. You have been listening to All Clear, presented by the North Carolina Firefighter Cancer Alliance and the First Responder Peer Support Network. Please rate us on your podcasting app of choice. This show is written and produced by Travis McGaha and Eric Stevenson and recorded on Riverside FM. See you soon.